The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Good morning and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. After the dust settles on Indiana, Indiana State, it's Sammy Jacobs joined by Alex Compton up in Chicago uh, getting this podcast in before an NFL Sunday. I know everybody's pumped up, but they could pump the brakes because the Jets are going 17-0 and and going to the Super Bowl. Uh, they play Monday night with a win. They'll go 17-0. and With a loss, they'll go 0-17. That's just how it works in New York Jets land. Um, Alex, Indiana's coming off a uh, 41-7 win over Indiana State uh, to even their record at 1-1. One and one. Uh, what what did you like about the win? I know it's an inferior opponent. Uh, and, you know, what what can fans take away from this win on, on Friday night? Other than that, it's for high school football. Yeah, you know, the holy sacred high school football. But, um, yeah, the – Thing for me, I loved the first three drives on both sides of the ball. I think you could tell they were focused and played hard up until the Jalen Lucas fumble, probably. Um, After that, it turned into a lot of half-speed play. I think especially in that second quarter, you saw it on defense, uh, which I think is fine, honestly. I think it shows that they're ready for next week and looking ahead to next week. And it's good that we're finally to the point where you can look ahead a little bit and still handle the team that you should handle. But yeah, I think, again, I think the run game looked good. I think the offensive line showed signs of, you know, the traps and the pulling and having guys be where they're supposed to be. I think that's a really good sign. Obviously their D line, not as deep, not as strong, not as good as you're going to see next week and beyond. But I think it's still good that they were running concept and schemes that can work in in bigger games against bigger opponents. But yeah, I think defense was good. I think you saw a lot of guys play half speed after those first couple drives, especially some of the bigger starters. Uh, I think they were kind of probably frustrated or upset. They had to play in the second half because the score wasn't what we wanted it to be at halftime, but I think it's good. And I think that gave Allen a, a teaching point and probably something he was very cheery about at halftime in the locker room. But Overall, very good, I think. And we'll talk more about it quarterback-wise, but you have two guys that can throw the ball, and I thought they both looked really good. So I'm sure they've already decided on who it should be, but I don't think based on the first two games, to me, there's been a clear guy stick out above the other. But, yeah, we got three quarterbacks in the game, even, even though Lowry was in just for one snap, which was good. Uh, a lot of lot of offensive linemen played, which is good. So yeah, I think overall very good. Um, just yeah, a couple fumbles by Lucas would probably be the the biggest negative of the game. But pretty cool that that Bloomington guy on Indiana State got the score of the touchdown. Yeah, uh, talking about that second quarter, it looked like there was a lull. But what in you know what made me feel better is that they came out in the second half and they kind of brought that energy back. Um, yeah. We've yeah. seen, you know, they re- recovered. Um, they recovered well, and you know, 
you, you, you scored some points in the second half and things like that. That made me feel a little bit better. Um, also cool that Ray Stewart got a sack. He got, yeah. um, you know, he got mobbed on the sideline by the defensive line and, and things like that. I thought Linnell Carr played very well. Andre, like Andre Carter, we set the bar so high for him that a four tackle, two tackle for loss game is like par for the course. But he also had a good game. He did rough the punter once, which is something that you do not want. But that was a run. That was a run. Yeah. Sorry. The running, running through the kicker. Uh, The first one, I think we were texting the first punt, I think is 15 yards against Louisville. But the second one was a, a big flop job. But the first one I thought could have been roughing. But anyway. Yeah, it was running through the kicker on the first one, probably 15 yards against Louisville and probably, you know, an assault charge against Ohio State with targeting. Yeah. Because um, yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> um, quarterbacks wise, uh, I, I think we disagree here, Alex. Um, I think they have their guy. And and I think that uh, that they've showed enough. Look, it's not a knock on Brendan Sorsby, but Taven Jackson, I think, commands the offense a lot better right now. Um, you know, he came in against Ohio State. The offense moved the ball early. I know it wasn't that way in the second half, but you saw it in in the first the first three drives. Uh, I know Sorsby came in when Jackson got banged up, so he's got to be. I don't think it's the last we've seen of Brandon Sorsby this season. I think they're both going to play a lot, but I, I thought Taven had more command of the offense, was poised. You had Zach Carpenter wandering downfield on one play, which it was super close. That's one of those early season ones where they try to, we're going to emphasize that this year, and, and they call it um, on a 54-yard throw to, to Cam Camper that I think on review is probably a touchdown. Um but, you know, you saw that connection. You saw him throw the deep ball. He he ran it pretty well. Um, you know, he found the open guy. They both took care of the ball, which is huge. Uh, Soresby ran the ball well, too. So I think you got two capable quarterbacks of running the offense. But if you're going to throw the guy out there to start against Louisville, who gives you the best chance to win right now, it's Taven Jackson. Um, but I, I do think you're going to see both. Uh, I, I thought the offense, I mean, 558 yards of offense. I don't care who you're playing. That's pretty good. IU hasn't done that since 2021 against Western Kentucky when they needed every single one of those yards to win. Um, so, you know, J- Jalen Lucas, people are still complaining that they're running them up the middle, and that's the danger. But you got to run them up the middle sometimes. Otherwise, you know, if, if they see him in the game, they're just going to stack stack the defense on the outside, things like that. But he had 137 all-purpose yards. I, I'm going to take a page out of your book, Alex. You need to find another punt returner. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, Lucas has had trouble fielding punts, and you saw that, and that could be a danger. Now, he's very good in space, and that's, that's what tempts you to put him back there. Maybe you do it on, hey, if we need a big return, we put him back there. You saw him cramp up against Ohio State, too, on a punt return. Um, you know, find somebody else. Omar Cooper could return punts. You could put Dakeese Carter back there. Um, the uh, There was a walk-on back there. I forgot his name. Cam, uh, Cam, Cam, Cam Camden Jordan. Jordan. Cam, Camden Jordan. He, he's very shorthanded. 
He looks like he knows he has much more awareness than Connor Delp did last year, fair catching the ball and, and all those things. So if you're trying to play it safe, put Camden Jordan back there. If you need a big return, put um put Jalen Lucas back there. Uh kick returns fine. No holds, no blocks in the back. I think that's also due in part to Indiana's just better athletes than Indiana State. Um defensively. Nick Toomer, awesome interception on fourth down, mm-hmm. um, you know, to preserve the shutout at the time. Uh, Linnell Carr played excellent. I, you know, Andre Carter played excellent. Uh, you, you got the backups in, too. Joshua Rudolph made a couple plays, which we talked Dunham. about last week at, at linebacker. Dunham again. Dun, Dunham again. This defense might be the real deal. And then finally, to me, I know I'm a special teams geek, you got Nico Radicic and Chris Freeman both to kick field goals, both to get extra points. Now the downside of Chris Freeman and then Alejandro Cantero, two kicks out of bounds. Yeah, it didn't end up problem. hurting you, but it has been a problem last year against Western Kentucky, and in some big spots he he kicked it out of bounds. They have to figure out this this kickoff. You know, maybe don't try to kick it into the corner all that much um, and, and kick it through the back of the end zone. If he, if he can. Yeah. I think special teams was pretty bad considering the opponent. That's normally where you see like a big return or a block pawn or something like that. We blocked the punt against Idaho a couple of years ago. And then that was, I think AJ Barner's first touchdown actually was that blocked punt in the Idaho game two seasons ago. But yeah, special teams was really bad. Allen was was pretty fired up about it post game, which is good. But I think you see a better team next weekend. I think you see a more focused team next weekend. I do think they were ready to go, like I said, in the first quarter and to start the game. I think after essentially scoring with no resistance and stopping them with no resistance, a lot of the guys were like, all right, let me just not get hurt here. And I think they did a pretty good job of that. Minus EJ Williams, who I think I have no info, but it looks like he he got hurt a little bit. He was kind of flexing his hand and messing with his glove after he caught that one. You know, maybe, yeah. he, got, maybe he got hit on the hand or the wrist, which is tough. But he made a good yeah. grab and got got hit in double coverage, and then he then he came out, and that was it. Yeah, I saw it happen. It was on one of those short passes. You know, you hope maybe it's a broken finger. And nothing like that. He took a helmet to the hand and broke one of those wrist bones that baseball players always break when yeah some guy doesn't know how to throw inside well enough. Um, but yeah, he he was on the sideline in a wrap uh, on that hand. Hopefully, it's just hey ice and the heels. You have an extra day, which might not mean much if it's if it's a wrist injury, but if it's a broken finger and you reset it, it you know the and it's just a pain tolerance thing, it could mean a lot. Yeah, uh, Allen's not going to comment on injuries since they have the availability report. So all these people who have been dying for an availability report, you got it. We're going to have to wait until two hours before the game. Check out Hoosier Huddle at 10 a.m. on Saturday for the availability report. Tune in, set your reminders, um, whatever. It, it, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out. But yeah, he was one guy. I was watching the game with game with uh, Nate Comp, who's you know who's your huddle guy as well. And EJ Williams was a guy we wanted to see get going a little bit in the game. Not really worried about Cam Camper getting going. McCauley, I think looked good again, which was nice to see. But Omar yeah, Cooper. We were, 
yeah, we wanted to get Williams going, but the injury stopped him. I think Camper was was fine. He was in his uniform, but I think second half they were just like, no, don't even. He kind of got rolled up on weird on on one of those balls. Um, but yeah, Cam uh, Omar Cooper, we've been waiting for it, and I'm shocked they were able to redshirt him last year with how bad the offense was, but. Yeah, I mean, he he had a coming out party. I know not the best competition, but still, he had a grasp of all the route concepts. He seemed to be exactly where he needed to be. He made a couple contested catches, made a catch over the middle, and then got popped. And yeah, I think overall, very solid game. I think he had, what, seven catches? Seven catches for 101 yards. Should have had a touchdown. Yep. I think he lost the ball in the lights. That looked like an outfielder just misjudging it, lost the ball in the lights. It was a great throw. I think it was from Taven. In the, it was from Sorsby. Yeah. So a great throw by Sorsby right in the corner. And Omar Cooper just, I, I think he lost yeah. it in those lights, in, in the LED lights um, and, and things like that. So IU fans, another thing to, to complain about. But um, yeah, yeah, Omar Cooper, super impressive. Uh, we've been waiting for it. It was. So frustrating last year he didn't get to play at receiver in those four games that they just used him on four kickoff returns. But yep. uh he looked good. Bradley Archer had a few catches. Aaron yeah, Steinfeld. Yeah, Aaron Steinfeld almost had a nice touchdown, uh, a nice touchdown catch, just slightly out of bounds, couldn't couldn't get his feet down. But it looks like he's working his way back into the lineup and into more playing time. Um, you know, I, I think this team Coming out, very few injuries. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, Kobe Miner, Kobe Miner did not play on on Saturday. His dad was tweeting out that he was sick. Hopefully, he's over that by Saturday against Louisville because they're going to need him. Uh, and we'll get into the Louisville game here in a in a second. Um, yeah. Other so. thing on the on the passing game for me, which I liked, and I I do agree. I think Jackson made you know really quick decisions that were in the flow of the offense and in rhythm, which I thought was good. And you could tell right from the opening drive, they had a plan and a script. I would have honestly liked, and IU fans are going to come after me for this one. I would have liked to see some of the triple option. I don't think we saw really any of it. There were a few normal a few option, option plays. Yeah. Normal option plays, yeah. But <clears throat> I think I would like to see some of the triple option, as crazy as that may have sounded after week one. But nine different guys caught a pass. On, on Friday night, which I think is really good. I think you established the middle of the field in the passing game, which is something that has been critical, I think, in the Walt Bell offenses that we've seen at other places and so far at IU. When they're able to get the middle of the field going and opened up, opens up a whole other deal of plays and actions and even the running game, which is good. But for me, the the last thing I'll say and a preview of what I'll talk about for the Louisville game I think Josh Henderson catching the ball out of the backfield is a massive X factor and something that we need to exploit and rely on. He's really good at it. He runs good routes. He catches the ball before he makes a move. I think he had three catches for 50 yards or something on Friday. 55, yep. Five, yeah. But I, I think getting Henderson the ball, because you know Lucas is Lucas and he's going to do his thing and he can make a guy miss in a phone booth, but – Henderson coming out of the backfield in the receiving game, I think is something teams still don't really grasp or cover well. And I think that could be an X factor or a big play against Louisville on Saturday is a Henderson wheel route or a delayed route or something like that. 
they almost had him on that delayed route. He dropped yeah. the ball. Yeah. It, it, like, it, I think it was Sorsby threw it, and it was right there. And just – I don't know if he saw the guy coming. He was wide open. Now, the guy was probably, like, 15 yards downfield, but I don't know if he caught a glimpse of it just took his eyes off the ball. Um, but, yeah, 52 of those receiving yards are after the catch or after contact. Um, I'd like to see Christian Turner and Josh Henderson in the game at the same time. Yeah. Uh, where you could slip Josh Henderson out for, for a, a route or give the ball to Christian Turner, who's run the ball very well. Seven, seven players got carries for IU. This yeah. is what I've been hammering Tom Allen and the staff for for years. They finally started playing guys and getting building that this is how you build program depth it's how you build depth for the season now you know what omar cooper could do now you know what donovan mccully could do um and and, and things like that uh you, you got james bomba involved you, you know the keys carter involved it, it's now you got some weapons you could play with on to louisville uh alex this is a game we've labeled We've labeled seven toss-up games. And after last night, I feel pretty confident in labeling Wisconsin as a toss-up game. Which and we Maryland had before the season. And everyone yep. was like, oh, but yes. And, and Maryland on the road is a toss-up game. But the first of these is Louisville. Uh, they're coming in at 2-0. and They beat Murray State like 56 nothing. They played nine quarterbacks. Um, they've got good team speed. But this might be the most important game of the season. Uh, at least so far, it's a game. If you win it, you're cooking with gas. You're you're sitting at two and one going into Akron. You'd hope to be three and one. If you could get out of Michigan, you know, take chances at Michigan. See what happens. You're probably coming out of that at three and uh, three and two. If you beat Maryland, you're there at four and two. If you lose, at worst, you're three and three going into homecoming at Rutgers. And, and if you beat Rutgers. You're sitting at four wins with Purdue still on the table, Michigan State still on the table, Illinois still on the table, and Wisconsin still on the table. Anything's possible. But it all starts with Louisville uh, at, at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's fans, IU fans, it's a climate-controlled building, so it's not going to be too hot. It's on Saturday. Uh, it's, it's on a Saturday, so you don't have to contend with high school football. It's in Indianapolis, which people have been dying to put the bucket game there. Um, you've got seatbacks, you've got clubs. Uh, what else? Parking. You got parking. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's food there. Working bathrooms. You got scoreboards without scoreboard gaps, Alex. Um, you know what? What? What else? You don't have temporary uh, field suites. What, what else have we been complaining about? Oh, and no general admission zipper parking. You know, this is if it has none of those things. There's no excuse. Um, it, it, there'll be a lot of Louisville fans too. I expect a, a strong crowd for them to come up. They sold out against uh, Murray State on on Thursday night. They've had an extra day on top of IU to to prepare for this. We've seen Jeff Brom's offense uh, when he was at Purdue. We've seen Jack Plummer. Just what, what's the importance of this game? Are, are we correct in saying this? This is this is a huge game for IU. Huge game. I I don't think the season's over if you lose, as you mentioned. All the toss up games. I think they'll tell you it's the biggest game because it's the next game. 
which is classic coach speak. But yeah, it's a big game, I think, because it gives you that measuring stick and is going to allow us to kind of chart the trajectory for the rest of the season. Yeah, big game. Anytime you play these regional rivalries at a non-conference game in a game where Brom obviously wants to prove himself and establish himself at his new school and his alma mater, and then Allen wants to show that he's not dead yet, Indiana football is here to play this season. It's a big game. It's a huge game. And I think it's going to have a feeling a lot like a bowl game, which is going to be cool. But that's why I think you're going to get two teams that are extremely fired up. Louisville's got a ton of new guys on their team ton of transfers just like us it's a very similar Jeff Brom offense to what we've seen maybe not as explosive as some of those Purdue teams at the end of his his tenure there but yeah massive game I don't think that can be overstated I've been looking at the secondary ticket market not a ton of tickets left and they're pretty pricey which I think is a good sign that it should be a a pretty rocking crowd which will be really fun but yeah, I'll be I'll be out there driving down from Chicago, so I'm excited for that. Uh, bringing a couple buddies from Philly to the game, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. But yeah, I think for the trajectory of the season, I think this is the first kind of measuring stick in week three of what have we learned about Indiana football and what can we expect for the rest of the year. So we'll see. I think Jackson will start the game. I think you see pretty aggressive offensive play calling to start the game. And we'll really see kind of if this defensive secondary can control what always proves to be, regardless of personnel, a very tough passing tack attack from Jeff Brown's teams. Yeah, their team speed is is pretty good. Uh, watching them against Georgia Tech and, and Murray State, an area where IU's defense has struggled over the first two games is on the edge and getting to the edge. The, the Indiana defense is going to have to set that edge because if Louisville gets out on the edges – um, it, it could be a long day for the defense, but you know, Louisville's offensive line, they haven't had to play against an Andre Carter. They haven't played have to play against a Phillip Leedy. Um, it's probably the best defense that they're they're gonna see that they've seen so far this year. Um, and we'll see what the offense does. They you know, Indiana has their own speedster and Jalen Lucas. They have some bruisers, you know, it depends what style of play. Do you want to play Big Ten style football where you're going to run Josh Henderson, Christian Turner on uh, up the middle and Jalen Lucas on the outside and and throw the ball to the tight end, throw the ball short to the receivers and let them make plays? Or is it something where you're going to see them, you know, put in a little more triple option, um, run to the outside and, and play that ACC speed game? Uh, we'll see. I, I think it's going to be more of a ball control. The, the the more you can control the ball against Jeff Brom offense, the better and limit those position, possessions. I, you can't go what you did with Ohio State, though. You have to take your shots and be aggressive. This is a game you can win. This is a game where your your talent level is a, a lot closer than, than Ohio State. Uh, so you'll see them be up more aggressive, but you also maybe are taking an extra five, six seconds on the play clock to run that play, to, to keep the ball out of Jeff Brom's hands. This is where the new clock rules help Indiana. Um, with, with the running clock after first downs, you're you're eating five, six seconds every first down. So get those first downs and, and things like that. Um, but, yeah, the penalties have to be cleaned up. You cannot give Jeff Brom free yards and stuff like that because on a fourth and ten, if you run into the punter and give him five yards, heck, he might go for it or fake the punt. 
um, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for the atmosphere. I am not excited to sit in the radio booth this game. The radio booth is in space compared to the rest of the Big Ten at Lucas Oil Stadium. But, you know, it should be a good crowd. I'm excited to see the people um, down in Indy. Uh, hopefully there's, you know, good parties Friday night, some good tailgating Saturday morning. And then, you know, you're going to have a lot of alumni in town. It's It's time for good showing. Uh, like you said, it's it's kind of like a bowl game atmosphere. It's a, a, a big time non-conference non-conference game. And, uh, you know, you need a good show. This might be the the only IU game that a lot of alumni go to. Yeah. Know, a lot of donors go to. So a good showing could go a lot further than just IU getting their second win. Yeah, there. I think Saturday morning I've gotten a couple emails about it. There's a official like IU pep rally tailgate. I think it starts at 9 a.m. So I think I'm going to do that. But yeah, it, it should be fun game. I'm excited to see what we have. I think that's the most exciting part about it. I think this may have been a cooler game if it was week one because Louisville played Georgia Tech in a neutral site stadium to start their season. But this would have been cool to kind of see like, you know, what, what do each team, what does each team have kind of in a, in a new season with, one side a new coach and then Allen with kind of a pretty new philosophy and offense but yeah we'll be you know we'll be covering it I'm nervous as always for games like this it was nice to not be nervous besides making sure you guys were healthy coming out of the game on Friday but yeah it's it's a big game I think this is why a lot of the transfers came here for these kind of games and to prove themselves against these kind of opponents with this kind of you know, attention on the game. So I'm excited for that part about it as well. Again, I think I thought it was good. Actually, you saw a lack of interest in the second quarter on Friday night. I think you get a team that's going to be extremely fired up and extremely locked in this week. I'm looking forward to the game because um, it is a winnable game. And regardless of the spread, I bet Louisville will come out as like probably a nine, nine or 10 point favorite if I had to guess. But I, I don't know. I think this is a much improved Indiana team from last year. And I think you'll see it on Saturday, but it's going to come down to who can make those big plays. And then while we're still perfect on the season and field goals and extra points, I think it's going to come down to a kick as, as always, you're going to need a big kick to kind of keep the momentum going or change the momentum. So we'll see who they trot out there for that one. But yeah, I think it's a good game and it's a fun game. I just wish we played Akron twice instead of Louisville once at Akron once, but not what we're going to do with less than a week to go here. So it should be a fun one though. Yeah, it should be a fun one. It's, it's the reason kind of they threw football to the wolves here was because of a three game basketball series. I think the neutral site was at Madison square garden. Uh, but you know what? It's it's time to embrace it and stop complaining about it. And you know when when uh, you know toe meets leather on kickoff, you got to go play football and you got to go win this game. And yep. um, you know, regardless of the outcome, you, you know, hopefully this changes the philosophy of of Indiana's football scheduling, where you go, hey, we need we need those three wins, especially with uh, Washington and Oregon joining the conference. Yep. and UCLA and USC joining the conference. Um, but, yeah, it's a chance, you know, we people have 
whined about putting the bucket game in Indianapolis. You got a rivalry game in Indianapolis. What? There's no excuse. Yep. I mean, uh, unless hey, the game sold out. That's that's the only valid excuse that you that that people can't go. Like, couldn't get a ticket. Yeah. Fine. Um, but this is you, you want to move the bucket game to Indianapolis. This is your first step. Um, I, I'm totally against it. I don't think that uh, it's a it's a bucket game problem. I think it's a, a an IU problem. Purdue has yep. no problem showing up for the bucket game. So. Anyway, Alex, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll have all the coverage coming uh, heading into the game. Uh, Indiana-Louisville kicks off on the Big Ten Network at noon. That's another reason I'm, like, just side at this game. I thought it would maybe be one of those Fox Sports 1 games. Uh, but Big Ten Network at noon at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, regional rivalry should be a fun atmosphere. Uh, Alex, you said there's a pregame pep rally at 9 a.m., you know the location on that? Uh, it's at it's called the Bullseye Event Center. Okay. Uh, I found a couple emails from IU Athletics about it, but should be a good time. I think it's labeled as like the official IU kind of pregame event. So I think I'll be out there as well. Awesome. Well, look for Alex. Um, say hi uh, and read all our stuff heading into the game. Uh, Alex, thank you for your time. Enjoying NFL Sunday. You can come back to HoosierHuddle.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Same handle on Instagram as well. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and uh, wherever you download your podcast from. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Uh, big week of Indiana football coming up. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.